This is the Make America Grape Again podcast, produced and recorded by Cody Burkett, the Arizona Wine Monk. In this podcast, we explore wines from all 50 states in the United States of America. Before we begin this episode, I want to comment that I am sorry about the jumpy audio quality. Audacity kept freezing up while recording this. I managed to salvage as much of the audio as I could. So bear with me, I'm sorry. Future episodes will be recorded using a different audio program. This is one of a few episodes who got affected while we were batch recording. Those responsible for this issue have been sacked. Now, onward. Oregon is going to be the focus of today's Make America Great podcast again. Thanks for sitting with us, taking a listen. I'm Cody. And I'm not. That was all off. And Oregon is known for one thing above all others, other than hipsters, I should say, and beer, and that is Pinot Noir. Today we are looking at the Elk Cove Vineyards Pinot Noir Rosé from the Willamette Valley AVA 2016. Now there are multiple different sub-A's within uh, this AVA, as we touched upon during the podcast single case. There are different AVA's, but there are sub-AVA's within an AVA, but the fact that this doesn't list it a specific AVA suggests to me that it's outside one of those specific AVAs, or is actually potentially a blend of fruit and juice from multiple sub-AVAs. So you put that under the head AVA, which would be the Willamette Valley. The Willamette Valley is in northern Oregon. It's kind of centered around Salem and Eugene, on the other side of the Cascades from Portland. And it's got this beautiful, beautiful color. Rosés tend to. Well, it's just this beautiful, like, salmon pink. Mm-hmm. It's quite lovely. And, and, and like I mentioned, I'm not too crazy about pinots, but I do love rosé. So let's dig in. Super bright on the nose. Yeah, it's like raspberry, strawberry, rhubarb. Super fruity on the palate, too. Again, lots of strawberry, lots of raspberry, lots of rhubarb. And a lot of yellow flowers, like dandelions and sunflowers and daisies. So the Willamette Valley covers a lot of acreage. It's 5,200 square miles, uh, or 3,300,000 acres. So it's huge. And there's actually a lot more than Pinot Noir grown there, but Pinot Noir is what's made the Willamette Valley famous. With this guy, Dick Erath, who was one of the first guys to plant there, he was obsessed with burgundies. Him and a few other folks got together and noticed that the landscape was kind of similar to burgundy and gave it a try, and... From there, it took off, and it's kind of considered uh, the best New World Pinot. And, and California and Santa Rosa and Santa Barbara all like to say, well, no, we've got the best, and no, they don't. And for me, like I've said before, Pinot is kind of best in Burgundy and nowhere else. I'm open to being dissuaded. And while they do rosé in Burgundy of Pinot, it's not very commonly seen outside of France. So, you know, trying to find a Pinot Rosé from Burgundy is very rare. Uh, Where you do see Pinot Rosé being exported is from uh, the Loire Valley, specifically from Sancerre, which is a region also associated with Sauvignon Blanc. I'm not sure how this was made, and there are multiple different ways to make a rosé. If I was going to make a guess, I would say that this is probably a Saunier. That's my best guess. From multiple different vineyard locations, which if you read the back... Uh, Kind of seems to apply. At Elk Cove Vineyards, we produce wines from outstanding vineyards in the northern Willamette Valley of Oregon. Through site selection and meticulous vine management, 
We achieve concentration and depth of flavor from our grapes in the vineyard. At our one year, we employ gravity flow and gentle handling to protect the inherent qualities of our carefully selected fruit. So what that tells us is, okay, we're sourcing fruit mm-hmm. from a number of different areas. And so, there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. Yeah, that's how a lot of Arizona wine is done. Now, speaking of Dick Erath, uh, he planted a vineyard down in southeastern Arizona known as Cimarron, which is the source for a lot of different vineyards. It's the second widely sourced vineyard in the state of Arizona at this time after Dragoon, where a lot of people are getting fruit from that vineyard. That's not a bad thing. If you don't have a vineyard of yourself, that's how you roll, and that's a good way to roll. Gravity flow suggests free run. And what a free run is, is basically where you do a press, and you just take that first juice that comes off the press without really pressing it, for lack of a better word. And so that's your free run juice, and that's kind of your high-end stuff. For $20 a bottle, uh, it's pretty good. It's it's fantastic. I wouldn't turn it down for 20 bucks. Yeah, and this was originally going to be for a podcast that has been canceled. Uh, but I wanted to do Pinot Noir rosés compared across the globe. There was going to be this rosé, a rosé of Pinot Noir and Pinot Meunier from Massachusetts, a Sancerre Pinot Noir rosé, and also a rosé of Pinot Noir from Del Rio Springs in Paulden, Arizona. But every time I set a date for it, everyone would cancel or someone would cancel who really wanted to do it and said, no, wait, and I'm tired of waiting, and this podcast is a perfect use for this bottle. It's been sitting in my cellar for a little while. Yeah, for, for Pinot, this is pretty good. But I have yet to have a full-on Pinot Noir non-rosé from the U.S. that's really, truly impressed me in the same way that Burgundy has. Maybe I'm just a snob, but there it is. So this is a dry rosé, by the way, and rosé has gotten a, a lot of shit, for lack of a better word, there. That is because of the often-made association pink wines and the evils of White Zinfandel. And rosé and White Zinfandel are completely different. Uh, White Zinfandel is technically a blush, which is a sweet pink wine. And this is a dry pink wine. And there is a huge difference in taste. Technically. And everyone, because of the curse of White Zinfandel, which literally a mistake, uh, the first batch was. So I've heard. Because of people who are learning to drink wine and don't know any better, has kind of led to people assuming that rosé is a beginning wine. But we're seeing a revitalization of rosé now. Because people are realizing that it can be good, and you're seeing hashtags like, you know, Yes Way Rosé and Rosé All Day, and there's that favorite bumper sticker. Be a badass and drink rosé. Which is, uh, we're recording this at 3.07 in the afternoon, so, you know, rosé is just a general great wine for, you know, languid afternoons when you want to have a brosé day. So the Willamette Valley AVA is very strongly influenced, uh, in a roundabout way, by ancient glacial lake Missoula, which was in Montana. But there used to be massive sets of floods that would break through this ice dam, wash out soils into the Willamette Valley, uh, where it basically gathered to form a small lake as that water exited into the Pacific Ocean multiple times. So there's a lot of ancient lake beds and that sort of thing. And it's also very strongly influenced by the rain shadow of the Cascade Mountains 
Now, there are AVAs also in southern Oregon, even though the Willamette Valley and its sub-AVAs are the most famous region in Oregon. And I've had wines coming from, for example, Abacella Vineyard in southern Oregon, and they're growing things like Tempranillo and Albarino and Spanish varietals, as well as some Bordeaux. But this is a very impressive, solid rosé. Yeah, it's lovely. And freshness to it. Which is something I love in a rosé. It's something that feels refreshing. It's got a really rosés that were fuller body than this, and I have had some that were very light and airy. So the 2014 Elk Cove Vineyard Pinot Noir Rosé is really bright, refreshing, nice acidity. All around a really great rosé, and while I have yet to be convinced about American Red Pinot Noir, I have to fully say I'm impressed with this rosé, and it's a pretty darn good introduction, I think, to the Willamette Valley uh, compared to some other vintages I've had, which I've not been terribly impressed with. Other people have been really impressed. Maybe I'm just not a Pinot guy. Maybe I just haven't found the best Pinot Noir coming from the Willamette because it could be, in a lot of cases, they aren't exporting into the market a lot of the best stuff, which is the case in a lot of places. Yeah. I can't think of anything else to add. Until uh, next time, folks, drink up. This was an episode of the Make America Grape Again podcast, sponsored, produced, and recorded by Cody Burkett, the Arizona wine monk. You can reach us at makeamericagrapepodcast at gmail.com, on Instagram at, at the AZ wine monk, or on Twitter at CVBurkett. Be sure to also check out our website, MakeAmericaGrapeAgainPodcast.com. I'm Gary. You can find me on Instagram at Greater Than Wines, on Facebook at facebook.com slash greater than wines, and by email at greater than wines at gmail.com. <laughs>